Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Coach Josh Lamberson. Coach Lamberson is currently the assistant head coach, offensive coordinator at Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas. He also coaches quarterbacks. He's married to Mandy. They have two kids, but more than that, just an incredible man of God, incredible man of character. I cannot wait for you to hear from Coach Lamberson, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. You bet. So I like to start these off with some background information. So if you don't mind, just kind of give the listeners a little bit about who you are, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and then your family today. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I do. I, I want to say thank you for for everything that you're doing, Stuart, and, and how you're touching so many lives and and really expanding God's kingdom through your podcast. And, and it's an honor to be a part of, of what you're doing here. So a little bit about me, though. I grew up in a really small town in the southeast corner of Nebraska. Uh, I grew up with four sisters, um, three of them older, one of them younger. Uh, a mom and a dad, and we grew up on a uh, on a farm. Uh, we had one bathroom growing up. So with four sisters, I learned time management at a at a very early age. Um, grew up going to church and not wanting to go to church uh, per se, but uh, grew up and we went to a country parsonage um, that really everybody in the entire area would go to, and we had potlucks every Sunday night. And so nice. grew up in a in a Christian home uh, like that, and, and in a small town. Graduated with I think thirty eight kids in my class, and so really a, a smaller community, uh, but got an opportunity to do so many different things. Whether it was in uh, the church choir or um, you know the school band or the football team or you know whatever it was. Uh, chances are I was going to be a part of it because if I wasn't, nobody else was going to fill that role. So um, a typical small town community in, in Nebraska, and it's probably exactly what you have in your mind when you think about small town communities in Nebraska, it's cows and it's cornfields. And that's about it. Uh, and a house every couple miles. And so uh, that's where I grew up, um, was really blessed with an opportunity uh, was was okay in, in football to go to Northwest Missouri State University um, up in Maryville, Missouri. And, and that's a Division II school that uh, has had a long history of success and uh, was very fortunate to go there and, and be a part of, of a really fantastic um, college career and got to be mentored by Mel Churchma, who's in the College Football Hall of Fame. And what I always tell people is he's a better person uh, then he is football coach and he's in the hall of fame as a, as a football coach. And so, uh, he was a, a fantastic mentor of, of what it looked like to be a man walking in faith to, to also be in a leadership position. And so, uh, got to go there and, and made so many great memories, um, you know, both on and off the football field, uh, while I was there, probably the most memorable thing is was able to meet uh, a girl on the volleyball team and, uh, thought initially that she was just somebody that I wanted to get to know more. And, uh, I was very blessed and fortunate that, uh, she kind of felt the same way about me. So met my wife there, uh, Mandy. Um, we kind of from there, uh, decided that had some things happen, uh, in our lives that really sparked me to get into the coaching profession. Um, my junior year of college, I actually broke my hip was the starting quarterback there. We were the number one ranked team in the entire country and, uh, game eight, we were playing our rival and ran a simple zone read play that we'd run, 
a hundred times before ran around the edge and, and ended up breaking my hip. A lot of those people Ooh. that, uh, to a tongue Viola, same injury that he had this year, Bo Jackson, many years ago, it was, it was very, very similar to that. And so, but that was in game eight. And so I was a gym rat. I just liked to hang around coaches and be up in the office. And so after my surgery, uh, you know, went up there and, and was really kind of just looking around and, honestly kind of feeling sorry for myself, uh, because I had so many things that were great going for me in my life and what I was doing, thought that I was living a very Christian life. And mm-hmm. I, and I'll remember this distinctly. Um, and this was actually when I was still in the hospital, my mom came in to my hospital room and she said, okay, we're, we're done having the pity party for ourselves. And she read me a verse that has ultimately become my life verse. And it's James 1, chapter 2 through 5, where it says, Mm. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And almost immediately, I memorized the verse, um, and it became a part of of who I was. And uh, from that moment on, I I said, okay, I'm not going to play the victim anymore on on this. Things happen in everybody's life. And if this is the worst thing that happens to me in my life, I'm going to live a really, really good life. Uh, But got an opportunity to, to hang around the coaching staff after that happened and really see the inner workings of what football coaches did in particular. And, um, you know, whether it be from a game plan perspective, hanging out with each other, the, the molding and the teaching that they got to do to young people. I was like, wow, you guys get paid for, for doing this. Uh, and I, I thought that was just fantastic. And so, um, after I got to, I was very, very blessed and fortunate to come back and finish my senior year and play for a national championship. Um, and it was only because the power of God allowed me to do that but decided that I wanted to get in coaching and um, was a graduate assistant in Northwest Missouri for, for two years and um, got, to, got to really work with some fantastic people and some fantastic teams. But that sparked my interest to go into coaching, really because I wanted to stay around the game uh, and have you know, something to do with football. I wasn't good enough to play anymore, so what was the next best thing? Well, it was coaching. Um, then I went to Southeastern Oklahoma State for two years and was the, the quarterback's coach and recruiting coordinator and then went to Central Missouri uh, for five years and was the offensive coordinator there with Jim Sabota and um, did a lot of great things. In the last three years, I've been uh, the assistant head coach. Well, I take that back. I had a stop at the University of Nebraska Kearney where I was the head coach for two years there. Um, and then the last three, I've been at uh, Abilene Christian University uh, under Adam Doral and had a fantastic experience here in, in Abilene, Texas. And, you know, really stay in coaching, Stuart, quite honestly, for, for the relationships and the platform that it provides uh, and the avenues that it provides into young people's lives. And I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of that as, as we go. Um, now I am, I'm truly blessed. I mentioned the, uh, the young lady that took a little bit of an interest in me and I really pursued her a heck of a lot more, but, uh, Mandy, she's my wife and we're blessed with uh, a seven-year-old daughter, Kaya and a five-year-old son, Ace. And so, uh, we are happy and healthy in the midst of everything that's going on with our circumstances in our world right now, but still extremely blessed and have so many things to be, to be grateful for. That's awesome. I love that. I love the, um, you know, you talking about your, your mom sharing that verse with you and it's just a reminder that, it's oftentimes through some form of adversity um, that, you know, is when, is when God gets our attention. Well, you know, I, I think 
unfortunately, um, that's when we're prone to listen a heck of a lot right. more. Uh, you know, when things are, when we tend to be riding the wave of, of success and, and good things that are going on in our lives, we're, we're a lot less closed off to the small whispers that usually God speaks to us in. And um, when, when things aren't going so well, and when you're laying in a hospital bed, or when you're sick, or when you're going through times of trials and tribulations, that's when we're a heck of a lot more open to listening to those whispers and those whispers then become roars. Uh, and, mm. and we see them a, a heck of a lot more clear. So I, I totally agree with that. Unfortunately, that's the reality of it. I, I wish that maybe it weren't that way, that we were a heck of a lot open to it more uh, in, in, uh, in our everyday. And, you know, kind of what you and I had talked a little bit about off the air. Um, hopefully our current circumstances can help us to slow down and listen, you know, and to be present in the moment and to have that quality time that I think so often we, we neglect and, and we say that we're going to get back to, and ultimately we never do because of the bus- busyness in our schedule. And, and so I do believe everything happens for a reason. Um, and that we are, we are prone to exactly what you said, uh, be unfortunately victims of the moment. And so, hopefully in our current circumstance right now, we are victims of the moment and we are slowing down and listening to the things that, that are laid out in front of us and, and we're destined to. That's right. I love that. That's just an incredible reminder that, um, especially given what's going on in our culture with the whole coronavirus deal has all of us slowed down that, you know, mm-hmm. we truly take a step back and ask why, and then just rely on the only thing we can rely on right now. And that's God. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and knowing, knowing that we're not going to have the answer to why, that's right. you know, that's, that's, that's something that's above everyone's pay grade. Here. Right. But, but accepting the, the circumstances that we're in and then choosing to respond in such a way that ultimately we're all called for different things, you know, and all called to expand his kingdom and, and hopefully let his light shine through us. And well, now what are some ways that we can do that? And there's been so many different examples If you've, you know, whether it's through social media, through a podcast, through, you know, maybe it's, it's calling somebody that you haven't had the opportunity mm-hmm. to connect with in, in years. And, and there's been, you know, walls of offense that have been put up through people that are, you know, hopefully are breaking down through these moments where we actually have the time to self-reflect and be like, you know what, I need to call this person because, you know, I've just let time slip by. And we've built up this barrier in between us. And, you know, I don't want to hold on to this anymore. I want to forgive and I want to move on with my life. And, you know, hopefully this time has, has brought us that, those opportunities. I agree. I agree. I want to talk. Um, you, you gave us a snapshot of your coaching journey. You mentioned, you know, your current position at, at Abilene Christian. So I wanted to ask you, you've coached at both the public and private universities. Yeah. So, what what is it like now as a person um, coaching at a private Christian university? Maybe like from the discipleship perspective, what does that look like? Sure, yeah, you know, and I and again, this is something that you and I kind of talked about. I I think there there's different stages uh, in everybody's career that you ultimately decide uh, that you're going to be who you, who you really are called to be, regardless of your circumstances for, for where you work or, or who you work for. Um, you know, obviously the, at the position that I am now at ACU, 
um, it's a lot more conducive for me to be a man of faith, to be, mm-hmm. uh, to wear that on my sleeve, to be able to stop in the middle of practice and, and pray, or, you know, to have people from the outside looking in, um, have me put my arm around people and, you know, sit there, whether it's a one-on-one interaction with a player or a person or, you know, whatever the case is to have my Bible sit on my desk, um, you know, to have people come into my office and, and we talk about Jesus and we talk about how that relates to an 18 to 23 year olds walk in, in Christ and what they're going through and, and have it relate directly back to the Bible and, and use that as a, as a resource and a talking point. And that's something that's really encouraged here at ACU. Um, I, I think one of the things, the great things about what we're able to do here is, is we just help kids walk through their, walk through their faith. Um, you know, there's not anything that's demeaning or demanding. We've had kids that come from that know the Bible inside out and in between. And then we have come kids that come here that, that really have no context of what, you know, Jesus's life was about, um, you know, and, and the mixture of, of wherever kids lie in between. And so I think one of the great things about our platform that we have here is that we are able to talk about that every day at 11 o'clock because, everything stops here at ACU at 11 o'clock mm. and we have chapel and we get to do it with our players. We have, we have our team chapel every day at 11 where we bring our football team in and we do it either by position um, or by a unit or a whole team or whatever the case is. And it forces kids to open up and to be vulnerable and talk about experiences. And then other kids can talk about shared experiences. But I really think it, it really opens kids up to say, Hey, you know, I didn't know that kid went through that. Well, I went through that same thing. Mm. This is what he fell back on. He fell back on the gospel or, you know, he fell back on, um, you know, Jesus is teaching whatever it is. Um, you know, so it's really opened that avenue up for, for kids to be able to cross reference with each other and, or for us to give examples of, um, you know, the Bible or our own personal experiences and how we fell back on our faith to get through different things that we've experienced in life. And that's not necessarily the case in a, in a public institution. And it right. really, I, I think, depends on the public institution and the people that you're working for. Um, but here, it's, it's very, very encouraged to fall back on your faith. In a public institution, that's not the first thing that, unfortunately, it's not the first thing that you right. can fall back on necessarily. Now, Ultimately, I think you get to a point where you're going to be who you want to be and, and who God has called you to be, whether you live or you work in a public institution or a private institution. But here, it's a heck of a lot easier because I know the people that are signing my paychecks are the same people that are encouraging me to share my uh, faith and use my platform to ultimately expand God's kingdom. That's awesome because you said y'all, y'all have kids that know the Bible probably more than some of the coaches, More than me. But, yeah. but you can't assume that everybody, I mean, I'd be naive to assume that everybody that shows up is a believer in following Christ. So what an opportunity to freely have those conversations. Well, and that's, that's the great thing because you can, you can walk them through it. And, and we right. don't try to, and, and I don't think anybody should, you don't try to force things down their throat or, or, you know, root a, a certain doctrine, um, you know, where a square peg round hole it's, you know, this is what has worked in my life. And this is what has continually shown up for me and, and different things that I can relate to that I can talk to you about, because I know these specific things that have happened to you in your life, because I know you as a human being. And I can say, hey, 
have you ever thought about it using this context, using biblical context, using Jesus as mm-hmm. a resource? You know, when you talk about the ultimate playbook, right? That's um, well, that's it. You know, I mean, I've got my playbook on my desk. And I've got my Bible on my desk. And, and so it kind of depends on the topic that if we're talking about how to be cover four and, you know, four, three stack cover four, I can, I can turn to this. If we're talking about how to beat temptations, how to beat, um, you know, hostility, how to beat uh, doubt, anxiousness, worry, all that other stuff, I can, I can refer to the Bible and talk about a phenomenal platform and what a great way to influence people, you know, especially, you know, to be quite honest. 18 to 23 year old males that may not one have any have any recollection of of church growing up or any structure of what that looks like in Sunday school or you know Sunday mornings but you know back to a male role model um they might not have had any type of that in their life. And so when you start talking about the ultimate male role model and, and what Jesus did for, you know, and, and how he led his disciples or, or Joshua or Moses or, or whoever it is, you talk about great leaders of the Bible. Um, you know, you refer back to those things and you start telling those stories and you see the eyes that, you know, kind of open up and, and the mind just start to turn in directions that it never has turned before. Cause it's never heard those stories. You know, we take for granted all the things that we learned in Sunday school when we were That's little right. again, small school, small community growing up in church. I, I learned all those things. You know, you take a kid from inner city, Chicago that has never been to church in his life that has heard about Jesus has he knows what the Bible is, but he doesn't know the context or the reference of it. And you start talking Sunday school Bible stories to these kids and how it changes their their world and their perspective. And you don't think that's important. You're crazy because it absolutely is. And it's 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 life changing for a lot of these kids. That's awesome. I love that. You've used the word platform <clears throat> several times. And so let me ask you, there's a lot of coaches that listen to this. So what would you say to a coach that understands that platform that they have mm-hmm. of athletics that can be used for good or for bad, right? right? I mean, so how would you encourage them? You know, perhaps they're in a situation, you know, it's 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 not a private school. It's not that place yeah. where, you know, they can have the Bible. How would you encourage them to use their platform, you know, be bold in their faith? Yeah, I, 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 what, it's a great question. Um, you know, and one of the things that, that I pray for on a, on a daily basis is for me to be genuine and let God's light shine through me. Um, Mm. and, and it's not, it's not to walk around and, and profess my faith and talk about the Bible. And, and it's, it's to be kind to people. It's to be nice. It's to be selfless. It's to be uh, a leader of, of people in a way that God, would be proud of and, and not, not necessarily always referencing Jesus or, or biblical context, but, but showing God's love through everyday simple actions, you know, being kind to the, to the people that serve me lunch, um, cleaning up things that, that aren't mine, you know, just, just doing all those small things that so many people take for granted, opening up doors, um, smiling at people, you know, just displaying God's love and God's light in our everyday interactions with humans, I think is so often overlooked anymore because we, again, especially in the, in the educational part, in the coaching part, we get, we get busy 
And we get one track mind. We get Friday night lights. We get Saturday afternoons. We get, how am I going to get this first down or how am I going to stop this player? We forget all the little things that, that really make us men of faith in particular, Mm. you know, and, 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 and I think that's where we, where we miss people because the platform that we're given with, and I'm referencing that again, our kids are always watching us. They're watching us in our demeanors with the assist, other assistant coaches. They're watching us in demeanors. If we get an opportunity, if our wife calls us on the phone, if our kids pop into our office, if another student that's struggling, um, you know, maybe in your, in your class, if you teach biology, how you interact with that person, um, you know, with that student, you know, all, all those things. If I, if I interact with a walk-on kid differently than I uh, interact with a scholarship kid, you know, all, all of that, that has nothing to do with talking about Jesus in the Bible. It, and and mm. it can, but it doesn't have to, it, 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 it can solely be about being genuinely concerned with my fellow human being and the advancement of that person in their life. And ultimately, you know, that's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to expand God's kingdom, but we don't necessarily always get the opportunity to say, Hey, this is what Jesus would do, right? It's, Hey, this is a walking, talking, uh, display of light and love. You know, I I was, um, looking up this quote, um, I came across last night actually, and I shared it with the group this morning. Um, coach Eddie Robinson, you know, what you were talking about, he summed up in a quote, he said, Coaching is a profession of love. You can't coach people unless you love them. And I and, thought, and you know what? That breaks it down right there. It, it really does. And, you know, I think there's so many people that see through the superficial stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. culture, for example, and, and love and family are words that are thrown around so much, specifically in the coaching profession, right? We're a family, right. we're a brotherhood, we love each other. Right. Well, well, what is that what does that really look like? Well, it, it looks like this. If if a player calls you at eleven thirty at night and they're they're you know having chest pains and and you go and, and you take that player to the hospital or or it looks like, hey, saying thank you to uh, the lunch lady, or it says mm-hmm. thank you to the janitor, or you know, it's being selfless and cleaning up the locker room after everybody has left. It's not that I'm going to put a whole bunch of goal boards up in the office that say that talk about love and brotherhood and, right. and things like that. It's it's actually action. It's making exactly. you feel like you're an important part of this whole thing that we call the world and the cog of it, that you matter uh, and that you matter to me and that I want to invest in you so you can be better tomorrow than you are today. That's what love is, you know, and that's how you break it down as a, as a college coach. You don't have to put your, you know, all the, the, I love yous and all the other stuff, the touchy. That's great. That's wonderful. But unless I have influence over you. And unless I can touch your life in a very personal way, that's not just me standing up in front of the entire team, professing my love to you, but knowing that, Hey, you can call me, text me, and I will sacrifice and do anything for you from a time perspective, because that's, again, that's the one resource that we never get back, but I will invest time and effort in you. That's what love, that's what love is. Hey man, that's good. I love that. So you talked about, um, you know, we, we talked before we hit recording, you've alluded to it some here. I mean, coaching is a lot of time. You even talked about those late night phone calls, right? So, yeah. you know, it, it never stops. So how do you, 
how do you balance that with being a husband and dad? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think you have to, to understand what you want to be. Uh, you know, as, as a person, when I look in the mirror, you know, I, I have to have some core values about myself on what I see, you know, looking back and you have to prioritize that. Um, and I think that gets lost in our, in any profession, specifically coaching, you know, first and foremost, I know that I have to be a son of God and that I am a man of faith. And that is my number one thing. And, and, you know, I referred back to this is I want to be a walking, talking example of what God's love is. That's my number one. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is I want to be the best possible partner and husband and friend to my wife as I possibly can be for her. Uh, and, and even more than that. And then third, I want to be the best dad, not friend, the best dad that I can possibly be to my kids. And what a, a great example of what that is to be a man living in faith. Right. And then, you know, then you start to get, if, if you prioritize those things and you know, what's ultimately important for you, well, that's what you're going, that's what you're going to invest most of your time and effort in first, right? Is, Hey, these are the things that these are my non-negotiables. This is what I'm going to do. And then everything else, you know, falls into work, hobbies, um, miscellaneous outside things. And so for me, it's, I, and I didn't realize this, you know, quite honestly, um, you know, I, I lived very selfishly until I had kids. Um, mm. and that's kind of one of the things that, that popped me in the face that I was living for much more than, you know, just myself and my advancement, in my coaching career. Um, I had a, I had a coach, a, an older coach who had a lot of sage wisdom and he told me, Hey, being a husband and a dad, will be the second most important job that you will ever have. And I was like, the second most important? Well, what, what do you mean? And he was like, well, being a son of Christ is the first. Being a husband and a dad is the second. And then, you know, being a, a football coach can be somewhere third. And then I, I had my daughter and I realized that the first time that I ever held her, cause it's different for guys, you know, you, we can talk to the baby in the stomach and we can do all those things, but it's still, different. Uh, but the first time that I ever held my daughter and, and realized that I had, you know, a small, a very small part in, in creating this other human, I realized that I was living for, for something that was, that was different than just my selfish ambitions for what I wanted to do in my coaching career. And so I prioritized that first, realized that it's a, it's a heck of a lot more than first downs and touchdowns and things like that. Uh, and then, and then in the second category, Stuart, what I, what I try to do is, is I don't live out of fear. Uh, and, and you might be like, well, what, what does that mean? Well, I, I don't live out of fear of, you know, I understand that football is a performance-based game. I do. I get that part. And that we are judged on wins and losses ultimately. Um, and if you're an offensive coordinator, how many points you score. Uh, if you're a defensive co coordinator, how many points you give up it's a bottom line business. I, I do agree with that, but I do fall back on my faith in the fact that I, I don't live out of fear for if I don't do X, Y, and Z, then we're not going to score X amount of points. I, mm -hmm. I fall back on my relationships with the kids. And I truly believe that if I, if I have a great relationship with my players 
and they know that I love them unconditionally. Now I have standards for them. I have core values for them, goals for them, um, things that behaviors that we have to adhere to, uh, to ultimately be successful. But I truly believe that the way that you build your culture, the way that you have your relationships with your kids are far more important than ultimately you know, how many points you're scoring or how many points you think you're going to game plan to score that will take care of itself. It, it truly, truly will. And I've been blessed with a lot of great things in, in my playing career and coaching career. And I have found that the further I get away from the relationships and the culture and the person that ultimately that I want to be with my kids, the further I get away from, from winning football games and being successful in that avenue. That's good stuff there. That's that's phenomenal because you're right. Football is all about wins and losses at the end of the day, right? And that's it what is. I mean, a lot of times that's what dictates whether you have a job or not. It um, it is. You know, so but having those right priorities and personal core values helps take the focus off of that, right? Right. And it and it takes the fear out of it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ultimately I, I can lay down and sleep at night. And, and I, Stuart, this is not coming from a guy that, you know, has won every football game he's been a part of. Um, you know, I've been a part of teams that have gone 15 and 0 and won a national championship. I've been a part of teams that gone 0 and 0 and 11. Um, Mm -hmm. but I have found that I can sleep well at night and I can talk to God at night and I can do all those things when I'm in a, in a, in a place where my faith is aligned, my priorities are straight, and I am not living or working in a place of constant fear and letting my emotions ultimately dictate the person that I want to be. I love that. That's great. And, you know, and that's applicable to people outside of coaching as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I, think that's, um, I think that's just an incredible reminder that we all need personal core values in that order because it's easy to put work ahead of family work ahead of Christ. You know, it just, it's right. You know, and I, I try to tell myself every day who I am is not um, what I do. Right. And I, and I think it's so easy, you know, to get distracted these days. Um, And, and I, I specifically, I think it's hard to be young people. You know, I think it's hard to, to be, you know, with the the population I deal with 18 to 23 year old males, I think it's extremely hard to, to know who you want to be at that age. I, you know, when you're a 37 year old man with that's married and has two kids and, you know, has had some life experience, it's a little bit easier. It's still, it's still hard. You know, I still struggle every day, but I, I just think about the young people that are in high school, uh, that are in junior high, that are in college, that, are inundated with so many distractions, pulling them away from their core values and, and saying, Hey, don't, don't focus on this. Don't focus on Christ. Don't focus on your faith. Look at all the things that the celebrities are doing. Look at Snapchat, look at uh, Twitter, look at Facebook, you know, look at all these other things that take away from the center of who ultimately you want to be. And let's, let's distract you and focus you in on stuff that doesn't matter. At all. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you talked about the population you deal with. I mean, a lot of them are coming to you having been told most of their life how great they are. Or right. you probably wouldn't be recruiting them had they not, right? Right, and So, right. I mean, they, they've been told how good they are. 
you know, and yeah. so they get in their mind, it's how good they are and not understanding the, the gifts and talents and where they come from. Right. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. Or, or, you know, to do one better where those gifts and talents come from, you know, and, and to have an attitude of gratitude. And that's one of the things that, that when they get here early on in their career, we challenge our guys to say, Hey, give me five things in your life that you're grateful for. You know, whether maybe it's a person that, that has sacrificed for you to be here. Maybe it's a mom that worked two jobs for you. Maybe it's a, it's a cousin that, um, you know, was older that worked with you when you were, when you were little or, you know, whatever it was, but give me five things that right now at this very point in time that you are grateful for. And then we hang them up in their locker because as we all know, life gets hard and there's some adversity that, that hits. And so they can fall back on these things that, Hey, I am grateful for X, Y, and Z. Maybe it's, maybe it's your faith, maybe whatever it is, you know? And so those things that ultimately we try to work that in there, Hey, yeah, all these things are great that you're grateful for, but let's let's truly be grateful for, you know, the great one that's given us all these gifts and these opportunities. Right. And, and and we we do, we morph that in, you know, that kind of comes their second year, like, okay, yeah, you're grateful for these things, but let's talk about the foundation of these things, where they all came from. You know, and that's kind of how we build on our steps through uh ultimately leading people to to Jesus and from a football perspective. Um but I think that's one of the very important things that people have to understand and know too. Like, all right, I'm grateful for these things. This is why that I am choosing to do this. Like, you know, why are you choosing to, to spend your nights away from your family on these podcasts with, with random coaches, you know, to put out to the, to the masses? Why, you know, why do we get up at five in the morning to, to work out? What, what, you have to understand why you do things ultimately as well in order to be successful and ultimately push you through times of trials and tribulations as well. You know, I wrote down that, you know, the five things you're thankful for, because to me, that's something that I'm thinking from the coaching perspective, it doesn't matter public, private, high school, middle school, college, you could do that. And if you're not in a setting where you can openly talk about Christ, it does start right. the conversation of, Hey guys, you're going to face some tough things. So what, what are you thankful for? And it will start some dialogue that leads you to that. Um, that's awesome. I, I wrote that down because I'm sitting yeah. there thinking even, even as a dad, you know, uh, yes, absolutely. With, with my kids, you know, constantly, you know, we're, that's one thing we've been trying through this whole virus stuff is yeah. talk more about, Hey, go around the room to your siblings and the mom and dad and say two things good. Right. Um, yeah. You know, just little things like that. So yeah, that's, I love that. Um, and putting that in the locker, that that's huge. Well, it's the, it's the blessings that are all around us and that are so often we, we, we overlook, especially the big ones, you know, I oh, mean, yeah. so often those are the ones that, that get overlooked the most. And so when, when you challenge kids to really examine what they're grateful for, they, they kind of go back to their core and, and so many of them, you know, fall back on faith and my right. experience with, with God and Jesus and, and all the things that, that go along with that. But, you know, I, I did it for, I, it, I did it for myself and it was 20 days and I said, okay, so for 20 straight days, I'm going to put an attitude of gratitude out on Twitter. And I'm just going to say, Hey, I am grateful for, and it could be, it doesn't have to be grit, big, grandioso things. It That's right. Be, you know, one day I'm grateful for coffee. 
you know, because it wakes me up in the morning and it gets me going. And it, it, or it can be that. It can be, you know, one thing I'm, I'm grateful for my, my life first. It's all sorts of different things. But if you find that one thing that can kickstart your day, it's just, it's kind of like what you said before. If you can find that one person that this has an impact on, if you can find that one thing in your day that you're grateful for, that'll get you through the day. That might get you through the thing that, that gets dropped in your lap. The, the boss puts, you know, uh, an extra project on your desk at 4:45 on a Friday that might mm-hmm. put the thing that, you know, you bomb a pop quiz, whatever it is. Those are the type of things that can really get you through some tough times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm definitely gonna, um, make some list on that. And I like, love I it. like what you said, the 20 days of gratitude on Twitter. I mean, that putting it out there for others to see is an accountability thing, right? Because you're going to have somebody that's going to ask you about it. Right. You know, so yep. you can't fake it if you put it out there. Right. Um, yep. And, um, and it, and it, and it forces you, you know, it really does force you to open your eyes up because you know, there. Uh, you know, on my struggle too, you know, I, sometimes I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and yeah. I'm, I get out of bed and I'm, I'm just, you're, you're grumpy and the sky is gray and the grass is, is dark and you know, the world is shut down and it's like, there's nothing to be thankful for. Well, I mean, my goodness, if you sit there and you really think about it and examine it, we have so many things like you and I talked about this off air. We are, we are so much in a great position to be successful being quarantined right now at any other stage in human history. This is the stage that we are best prepared for that, right? And so it's not an accident that it's happening at this very point in time, right? God is using this for for so many things that we can't even imagine right now, but we're prepared for it. Whether we thought we were or not, there's, there was no manual for it. We had to act on instinct a little bit, but thankful to technology and advances. I mean, we can do this kind of stuff and we are prepared for it. God has, has opened up so many different avenues and opened up so many different eyes and things that now we can accomplish that we never knew were possible before this quarantine COVID-19 deal was even in existence. I didn't know what zoom was. I didn't know how to communicate across barriers where you're sitting now and I'm sitting in, you know, Abilene, Texas. I didn't know that was even possible, but you know, there's like that. I'm thankful for this opportunity. So oh, absolutely. I think if you really yeah. go back and look at it, I think it's really a blessing. That's awesome. You've mentioned life verse and I always like to ask that. So I'm going to ask this question a little differently then. I mean, you shared your life verse, yep. but is there a verse that, you know, maybe God has shown you recently that has really encouraged you that you would share? I don't think there's one. And, 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 you know, as, as I go through my Rolodex and, and I knew this question was coming and I, and I really tried to, to find an answer and I've prayed about this, but I, I think one of the things that, that I really try to do is, is I don't, my life verse with the exception of that, I really try to be open to what God is telling me on almost a daily basis. And so the, the very first thing that I do every morning is I read a devotional and in that devotional, it has, it has a verse, um, and that devotional is whatever it is. And, and, you know, some people ask for signs and some people ask for directions and, you know, whatever it is. And I really try to embody whatever I'm taking from that verse on that specific day and that message on that specific day. Um, so I, I believe God talks to me every time that I open up his word and every mm-hmm. time that I'm reading whatever it is that's in front of me, whether I have five minutes to, to sit there and ponder it, or I don't have any time to sit there and ponder it. I know it's going to impact me 
in a certain way. So I think more than, than anything else, Stuart, what I, I really truly try to do is I try to be present in the moment for my daily devotional that I'm trying to embody and and incorporate into my life that day. And then instead of, you know, falling back on, uh, this verse for the week or, uh, you know, this verse for the month or whatever it is, I'm really trying to be open and learn and embody uh, whatever it is that I read that morning. You know, I usually close these out with, you know, what does it look like in a practical sense to be all in in your walk with Christ on a daily basis? And I, I haven't, and I've asked that to a lot of people and I've thought a lot about it, but I think, I don't think I've had anybody say it exactly like that, but I love that. You know, I've heard be present um, at home. You know, yeah. when you're home with your family, but I like what you said in the mornings, you know, to be present in the moment for your time with God. That just sums right. it up. You know, if we all would take that every day, you know, because I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I'll wake up and um, there's 500 things on my mind. I'll open, <laughs> a, open a Bible and I read it and I feel encouraged, but I wasn't present in the moment. Right. So I was reading the Bible because that's what, that's my, that's just that's what, what I do. do. Right. And that's, it's important part of my day, but I was already thinking about 30 minutes later, you know, right. the coffee ready, um, the commute to work or whatever, you know, whatever's going on, you know, so I, I love that. Be present in the moment for time with God, because we always talk about that as husbands and dads be present at home, but yep. you know, that's, that's awesome. Right. And then, and then truly throughout the day, take exactly what you read that morning and then embody that, let that That's shine right. through you, you know, and then we talked about what is love and, and how to, how do you, how do you do that with not necessarily having to profess your faith? Um, but that, that's how you do it. You, whatever you read that morning, that is your guiding light throughout the entire day. And, and, you know, to answer your question and to, to kind of complete the circle there, that's, that's how I'm all in. Um, is, is I take my directive that morning and I, I truly am present when I'm reading that and I'm there. And then that is my directive, whatever comes across my desk, whatever circumstance or situation I come across that day, I know that I fall back on that and that it, God has a funny way of doing it. Right. But That's it right. always relates to what I read that morning. And th- and then the next morning it's a new life and it's a new day. Um, That's right. And so that's that's ultimately what I try to do and what I try to be about. And that's good because another thing too, you know, maybe you are present in the moment when you're reading your Bible, but then am I really letting that guide me all day, right? Right. Yeah. You know, then, because then I don't I don't know how many times lately, I don't know what God's trying to tell me, but lately I've been reading a lot about loving one another as I have loved you. And then I, you know, I get halfway through the day and go, Am I really showing love to that coworker? Right. You know, right. so yeah, that's that's good stuff. Hey, um, I think we could talk for hours. We um, could. <laughs> I know, I know, I've been encouraged, and I know those that listen will as well. And your your passion for for Christ and making Him known is 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 unbelievable. And so, I've got a lot of notes, and so um, awesome. I really really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. I, like I said, I, I, I'm humbled uh, that, that you would have me on. And um, it's funny how God works out and, and our shared friends that, that we That's have right. and our connections through that, that have connected us to be able to, to put this out there. But I, I just, again, 
you are expanding God's kingdom. And so you are a true disciple of what we are called to do on a day-by-day basis. So I applaud you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast. Um, I I feel encouraged just talking to you about it as well. And um, I want to encourage everybody else that if, if, if there's ever anything that I can do for anybody, uh, please reach out to me. And uh, I would love to be a resource and, and um, someone that can, that can help anybody if they're ever struggling in anything that they're doing in their walk with Christ. Awesome, man. That's all awesome. the good stuff. Thank you again to Coach Lamberson for taking time to join us and just to share his story and his heart. And just, um, I'll keep this conclusion very brief. Just deciding your core values. You know, he said he's the son of God first. He's a husband, a dad, and then coach was number four on his list. That just really encouraged me going back to, we've talked a lot on this podcast about identity. That our identity is found in who we are in Christ, not what we do. So I would encourage you to rest in that fact today and even do a little evaluation of your own life and to see if that's the order that you have it, that you're a son of God first, a daughter of the king first, a husband or a wife second, a mom or a dad, then coach. Also, the reminder to be present in the moment for your time with God. God, if you're spending time with God every day in His Word, He's got a word for you each and every day that will encourage you and speak to you for that day. So we all need to be present when we're spending that time with God and His Word. It's very important. We don't do that just to just to check it off for the day. We really do it for God to speak to us through His Word. So thank you again. Um, to Coach for for sharing that and encouraging me and hopefully encouraging you. And thank you for listening. I would ask you that you'd also consider sharing this episode with a family member or a friend that they may too be encouraged. We love to hear from you. You can go to our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and in the search bar, just type in All In Sports Outreach. It'll take you to our pages. You can find out who we are why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. Also, I'd invite you to visit our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, find out who we are, why we do what we do, interact with us. You can send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you for listening. If you're not a subscriber, I'd ask you to consider subscribing today, whatever podcast platform you're using right now, that you would click the subscribe button. There are over 140 episodes prior to this one that will encourage you just as much. And there's many more coming. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support, your encouragement, and your prayers.